What's up, everyone? Welcome to another Five Out uh, podcast episode. We're here with Jacob, just me and him today. We're going to be talking uh, everything that's been happening in the NBA since Christmas Day, pretty much. Talking a little bit about college basketball here, a little bit about Jacob's experience at the D3 level, kind of compare it to what we see on a normal basis. Um, but that's kind of what we're going to do today. It's almost New Year's. Uh, this episode will actually drop on New Year's Eve. Um, so we want to hear, we wanna, we're going to ask, I'm going to ask Jacob, what's his New Year's resolution? You're going to hear about mine as well. So Jacob, what is your New Year's resolution? resolution, sir? Uh, going into 2021, which those just numbers sound very different nowadays than growing up in 2005 or whatever the case may be. But uh, my New Year's resolution, uh, finished my master's. I mean, I just started about a month ago. Uh, I'm supposed to finish it, so I should finish it next year mm-hmm. and uh, get back in shape. I, you know, I finished playing last spring let myself slide a little bit which is fine I worked my whole life to work out all the time so I gave myself a couple months off and get back into it going in 2021. Diego let me ask you this when's the last time someone asked you what your new year's resolution was? <laughs> yeah I, I don't know maybe on like a fourth grade slip you know miss whoever's yeah. class gave it to me he's like yeah what's your new year's resolution and Oh, be better person or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was one of those things where I was like, man, I feel like we haven't we haven't had this question asked us in a, in a very long time. But you know, it's it's one of those things that it's something I think that we all think of when the New Year's happens. It's just we don't write it down anymore and anything like that. But I'm on the same boat with you when it comes to well, one finishing school. I've got one semester left at UNT, uh, and then also losing some LBs. I've not been playing. I did not finish playing last spring. It's been a couple years for me now, uh, and I need to maybe not even work out, really just eat better. That's kind of my mindset, my goal. If I eat better, hey, I'll at least be on the even, right track. Even walking a couple miles a day helps. Just walking, I've heard that's honestly some of the best exercise you can get. Just well, being outdoors and, too and healthy air. Exactly. And for me, like, you know, with COVID and everything, I haven't been out of the house really in the last couple months. So student teaching this semester, going to school, even just, you know, being at school, I'll probably be on my feet a lot more walking around. So that'll be better for me if I start eating better. Who knows? Could lose some LBs. But um, let's let's move. Well, let me ask you this. Since it's just us, what, what are your New Year's plans this year, sir? Um, I'm going over to one of my buddies' place, Preston, played with him in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, first going to go over there, have a few people over, uh, not too many just because of all the COVID stuff. So I just want to be safe with that. And you know, probably pop some champagne midnight and hang out for a little bit. That's about it. Nothing too crazy. Well, just remember, and I don't know, I'm, I'm sure you're staying at Preston's house because obviously you know him. But just remember, if you need someone to take you home, call AAA. Even if you don't have it, this is a free advertisement. I don't want anyone to get hurt. So call AAA. They'll take you home for free. And your car. You might as well. You're going to get towed in your car while you're hammered. Um, All right. So if you're not staying at the place you're at, go ahead and call them if you need a ride. Uh, I will be at a friend's house with uh, my girlfriend and her friend and, and her husband. We'll be hanging out actually in DeSoto, Texas. Uh, should be a fun time. Josie, you got, I mean, everyone yep. listening to this should know him. Um, but that's my plan. So let's move on now to our trivia question. So far, I'm, I'm two for two. I've stomped you and Josie a couple weeks ago, and I stomped uh, Robin and Jacob Salazar last week. Let's see at this one. This one is, a, this one is probably going to be a tricky one. What player has the most block shots in a single season? In a single season? A single season, yes, sir. Hmm. There's a lot of names I want to throw out there. <laughs> I mean, are... it's definitely it's definitely a big man. I'm not like going to snowball park random guard, but yeah. um, huh, just one single season. All right, 
I'm just going to have to say Dikembe Mutombo. No, sir, you are wrong. Let me, let, let's, he played for a team in the Western Conference. Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Ooh, tough, tough. Yeah, this, 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 one, this one probably is the toughest one I've asked. Maybe Marcus Camby. Marcus Camby is incorrect, sir. No, um, what is it? It is Mark Eaton. Mark Eaton. He blocked a total of, I think it's 400. And uh, I'm trying to try and get the number back up. Oh, my gosh. Uh, 456 shots in one season. So and, uh, yeah. So he, he had a lot, which, again, I told you, it was someone that you probably didn't think about. But uh, uh, I've, heard, I've heard the name before, though. Yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of fans haven't. I need to get I need to, to have my trivia questions be a little bit more in the in the 21st century because <laughs> all mine are in like the 80s 60s 70s so right. I'll, I'll revamp it up a little bit give you guys some some more current uh trivia uh that's our trivia question for the day so let's go ahead and talk uh, about this nba since christmas day you know we were talking about before the show um christmas day was kind of boring honestly uh mm-hmm. every game was a blowout uh you had some standout performances like you know zion did really good and um I mean, I guess you can say, you know, Chris Middleton surprisingly did really well. Uh, yeah. But I guess you could say Paul George did okay for the, the Clippers, uh, if you want to say that. But your overall thoughts of the entire Christmas day as it, as, as it played out? Um, going into it, it sounded exciting. The matchups looked really promising. Um, at the end of the day, I was kind of disappointed by how much of a blowout every single game was. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it was nice just to sit on the couch have some family dinner and watch basketball throughout the day, even if they were blowouts, just to have something on the TV. But um, very underwhelming, to say the least, between all five of the games that were played that day. And and it definitely doesn't help that if you flip the channel to the NFL game, Alvin Kamara is breaking a record almost with six touchdowns rushing. So not a great day for the NBA. Um, but obviously it's awesome to watch playoff – or not playoff, excuse me, Christmas Day basketball. Like I mentioned, Zion Williams, in my opinion, was the star of the day. Even though the yeah. Pelicans lost um, to a good Miami Heat team, he, he looked very explosive and he looked like the Zion Williams that's going to come and become a star uh, in this league. So very promising for the Pelicans. And, and again, they might not be great this year. They might be a playoff team. They could be on the edge. I would be scared of them in the next couple of years. Uh, you know, I'd be scared to see them if they made the playoffs this year. They're not short-staffed. They're relatively deep. And they're got some veteran leadership, good young stars. So who knows? I would I would hate to play them in the first round. I, I mean, I definitely agree, and I, I love the addition of Stephen Adams. I, I've been a huge fan of him, not since he came in the league, but a couple of years after he was in the league. I mean, looks like Mer- or Aquaman out there uh, yeah. playing basketball. And then Eric Bledsoe, although he is not the same Eric Bledsoe a couple of years ago, he is a very talented guard, and right. I think he's going to help Lonzo's development. You know, Drew, Drew Holiday probably helped Lonzo along the way. Eric Blitzel will do the same for Lonzo. I think it'll go a long way. And then you have two guys who can average 20-plus points a game with B.I. and, and Zion. It, it's going to be a scary team to go against. Yep. Um, but there's a team, I think, that – and they're, I'm not saying they're the, the Golden State Warriors a couple of years ago, but the Brooklyn Nets, and I, I wanted to talk about this, they remind me of the Golden State Warriors. And it's not because they have, you know, obviously KD and Kyrie Irving and those guys but it's because of the role players mm-hmm. they are scary bro and we, we, we talked about this after opening day they had a they're they're a deep team but yeah, oh my gosh what do you think of this nets team uh, 
they're definitely going to be hard to beat, even with the loss of Spencer Dinwiddie the other day, who's going to be out for the year, which is probably their biggest role player outside of Katie and Kyrie, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But those role players are probably better than role players the Warriors had when they're in their dynasty and how good they were. Mm-hmm. Like Karis LeVert, DeAndre Jordan, and uh, Allen blocking shots yeah. and getting rebounds. Like, they're deep. Then they got Joe Harris shooting spot-up corner threes. Like, that is a very scary team. Just hopefully their health holds up with Kyrie and KD. But that team is fun to watch well coached with Mike D'Antoni who's just sitting on the sidelines hope probably running that offense who Steve Nash played for so mm-hmm. as a very scary team very very talented again I I think I don't know if they're going to be a better team obviously than the Warriors with with you know Clay and, and all right. those guys but I think like you said the role players are better individual players than what the Warriors had they're younger they're a little bit more athletic um and then obviously having guys it, it has been a it has been a I forgot how good KD was at basketball. Yeah. You know, obviously not watching him for a year. And then when he was on the Warriors, he didn't have to do as much. Watching him play basketball, again, me and your dad always got into arguments about right. KD and LeBron. But, I mean, he really is the best scorer I've ever seen in my life. And I'm sure to a lot of older people now, he is probably the, the most pure scorer that anyone's ever seen. I Yeah, I don't doubt that. I would put him and MJ right there as the best pure scorers basketball has ever seen. And they'll be very – few and far between for the next one to come up exactly and so they're they're a very scary team and I would be worried about them the Milwaukee Bucks I'm worried about them even though they did beat the Warriors but as you mentioned in our preseason projections of what the division was going to do you said the Warriors weren't going to be good and so far it it looks like they're not going to be that good but the Milwaukee Bucks scare me I mean they lost to the Knicks by 20 uh, after Christmas Day so are you worried about this Bucks team uh, yes, once the playoffs roll around, I believe the regular season, they'll still be probably number one or two in the Eastern Conference as a whole. Early young season, not much of an offseason to get prepared as mm-hmm. teams have had two preseason games and, you know, just a couple regular seasons so far just to get their feet in the water. Yeah. But um, regular season, I'm curious to see how some of their new additions will fit. I think Drew Holiday will definitely help out once the postseason rolls around. Mm-hmm. But are we going to see Giannis rise to the occasion and be able to hit shots, hit game-winning free throws, go to the line confidently, and shoot 75%? That's all he needs. As long as he's not shooting 50%, will he become a clutch player in the playoffs? But I think for the time being, they'll be okay for the regular season to end up being pretty dang good again. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I definitely think they have, a, they have a problem playing those bigger teams. and You don't really get that in the division they're in, like we've mentioned. Uh, and then in really the conference, now they'll have some bigger games this year because the East got better this year. Um, but again, I, I think they'll they'll be they'll at least be a top three seed, and three being a very very you know floor they would be at. They just have too much talent on that roster, and right. they are they are a brand they are a new team. You add Drew Holiday, you add a couple of pieces here and there, you lose a couple of guys. It'll take some time um, to come kind of come together. And whatnot, but there has been a team out there. They're three and zero right now. The Atlanta Hawks. They have not taken much time to come together. They're three and zero, like I just mentioned. Uh, Trey Young is balling. They look really good. Your thoughts on this Atlanta Hawks team? They look fantastic, and Trey Young is looking like a bonafide superstar right now. Mm-hmm. He he's not putting up forty games. He's scoring thirty seven, shooting like seventy percent from the field. Dishing out eight to ten assists a game, making it look easy out there, making defenders look clueless to have 
know what's going on. So Hawks look really good. I will see, be curious to see how their defense holds up as the games go along, but they look fantastic to start the year. Yes, sir, they do. And there's another team and it's my Indiana Pacers, baby. They look, they look a good, and now the problem is with them that they have beaten the Celtics, which we'll talk about them in a little bit as maybe a underwhelming team, but these they're three and oh, um, I mean, I've always said our front, our, our starting five is solid. We have one of the, the probably not the best, but one of the top. Rounded for sure. I would say, I would say like maybe top 10 starting five in the NBA, just because we're, we're not really like weak in one position, especially if everyone's healthy and playing, but it's when we start getting to our bench. But I mean, the bonus Sabonis is probably the most underrated big man, maybe player in the NBA. In my he took the words exactly out of my mouth. He is so underappreciated throughout the entire league. The dude's averaging like 24, 11 rebounds and like eight assists as well. Like mm-hmm. dude's doing everything for the Pacers when you have Miles Turner anchoring down, blocking five shots a game right now. Oh. They look good, but as we'll see early in the season, but they look good. I'm sorry to hate on your Pacers early in the year, but I still believe they'll, they'll still probably make the playoffs. We'll see. Yeah, I, I definitely think whenever you said that they're probably in between the six and eight seed. I, I, I see that. I see that. I think, you know, we play the Celtics again tonight, I believe. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I don't think we beat them twice in, yeah, in a couple no. of days. But are there any teams so far this year who have kind of surprised you in any way, uh, whether it's, you know, how they, you know, a game they won or, you know, their overall record, maybe just how they've come out and played. Has there been any surprises so far to you this year? Um, just based off record, the Cavs, they're three and zero. They played yeah. two garbage teams. I think the Pistons and uh, the Hornets, I believe. Yeah. And they smacked somebody who's okay. They, the they beat the Sixers last yeah, the other they beat night. The Sixers by like twenty five, yeah. I think. But obviously, I'm going to say the Cavs, but that'll never last with their new backcourt sex land, as Larry Nance said, between oh. Gary Garland and Colin Sexton. That's what it's dubbed now. But um, that was just surprising because of record. Mm-hmm. But uh surprising note on the other side is the Celtics also being one and two. Yeah. Uh, not looking too hard. They're kind of figuring out their rotation a little bit, uh, trying to get that to mesh together. kind of seems a little bit trickier this year, adding Tristan Thompson, who can't space the floor as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm kind of curious to see how they'll hit their strides throughout the year. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with those teams. Um, it, it's definitely worrisome to see the Celtics not producing uh, like you, like you would be, but you know, accommodated to seeing them do. Uh, but again, I think they'll be just fine. I think it just takes some time. Again, they lost guys this year, and it's so undervalued. You know, the off season, how important that is for people to to come in and be accommodated for stuff. So it, it'll it'll just take a little bit of time for me personally. The Orlando Magic sitting at three and zero. Now they've played the Warriors or the Wizards twice, uh, and I can't believe I can't remember who they played. Uh, on the day after opening night, but they haven't played anyone good, but still being three and oh, like that's, a, that's a big feat for a team. That's probably going to go under 500 by like two or three games. And these games could swing them potentially to a playoff berth. don't see it happening. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's also nice to see. It's kind of surprising of Marco Fultz. You know, he's really found a home in Orlando, especially since he came into the year and he could not yeah. shoot the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that funky shot was, he needed the spotlight off of him a little bit where he's not the main guy somewhere he can find his little niche and fit his role. You know, the crazy thing is, is, is in Orlando, like, it, he kind of is the main guy, if that's if that's yeah. what to say, because there's no big names, but he's also, like, not – he's also 
boo-boo everyone's not oh this guy sucks so right yeah it, it it's definitely it's definitely kind of surprising to see them and then also the sacramento kings we talked yeah. about how bad they were going to be mm-hmm. two and one i mean again not great teams they've played now once they start playing these better teams, we'll see how that kind of falls out. But at the end of the day, like still starting off good, the Spurs are two and one, another team we thought was going to be bad. You never count the Spurs out for a game. Never, ever. Not with Popovich still coaching over there. Yeah. It, it, and it, it's probably a thing that's hurt Mavs fans throughout is that the Spurs always play good against the Mavs. It hurts. It hurts so bad. They'll now, be the worst Spurs team in 20 years, and Mavericks will be, you know, the favorites by 100 points, and somehow the Spurs will end up winning in exactly. Dallas. Drives exactly. me crazy. Now, uh, now some teams that are kind of underwhelming. You already mentioned the, the Celtics. Uh, I would, I would put the, I'd put Dallas in there. But again, I mean, they've played. They played the, the Lakers and Suns, so like two, two, and they again, the Suns are another team that Mavs always suck with, and then they blew yeah. out the Clippers, which oh my god, yeah, <laughs> was awful to watch if you watched it. Um, and again, Denver is another team that's kind of underwhelming. But again, they've played hard games to start the year. That it's kind of mm-hmm. sucks sometimes whenever you're a good team and you're you those you start off the year against you know, good teams. Yeah. It's kind of tough. Um, I'll tell but, you the wizards were a little bit underwhelming to me. I was kind of excited to see Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook be in the backcourt together. Yeah. Um, they put up some good numbers and they they weren't blown out in the three losses they've had, but um, I at least thought they'd pull at least one win out of the first three games of the year so far. Statistically uh, Beal and, and, and Westbrook have been doing really well, yeah. but overall <laughs> Mm-hmm. Team success, obviously, uh, not very good right now, uh, as they have not won a game yet. So, in Toronto, I'd put in there as well. Uh, but again, another team. I think they lost a few pieces here and there. Uh, they'll, they'll they'll be just fine. I think they'll be a playoff team. Uh, but a slow start might mean maybe not a maybe not a top four seed. Maybe right. you got to play a couple games away to start the year. And it's also tough for them. They're playing in Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, I completely forgot about that. De- def- I'm sure that's definitely a factor going yeah. into it. not and, being and your home arena, used to like the depth perception of everything. Exactly. De- as a player, it makes a huge difference. Exactly. Like, being home. So, and and I'm sure living in Tampa is a lot different than living in Toronto. I'm sure they're enjoying it, like they're off time. Yeah. But the, and the travel is different. You know, their schedule. They play a lot. Of, you know, their the division they're in. They're they're playing in the Northeast a lot. Well, now you got to travel from Miami or from Florida to you know up there so definitely tough but uh you know we've we've kind of looked at the stains a little bit you know I, I just want to mention this if the playoffs were to end today for whatever reason you've got Orlando at one Cleveland at two Indiana and, and Atlanta at three and four and all those teams are undefeated you got the Sixers the Nets the Heat and the New York Knicks would make the playoffs today again this is very unlikely to happen I mean they've got percentages on CBS and they're they're, they're negative they're like it's like the less than sign one percent for the new york Knicks. Yeah, they're not making the playoffs you so, take you can take every cent out of my bank account if they make the playoffs <laughs> yeah i there, there's no way the knicks uh make the playoffs and then that, that would mean you got teams like boston milwaukee toronto who wouldn't make it again this is just us making fun of these teams but again they, they, some of these teams again started off tough uh the pelicans timberwolves clippers utah jazz suns kings spurs portland would make the playoffs no lakers no mavs no warriors no nuggets. nuggets. No yeah. I, I, I told you the Rockets would not be a good team this year. Now, Harden, I don't know how this man does it. He is the Scottie Pippen of this era. But, my gosh, he is he is fun to watch play basketball. Now, I hate watching him play basketball because I think it's ter- I think it is terrible basketball. But it is he, what he yeah. does is great. Yeah, I agree. You, you got to give him props about that. 
Um, are there have there been any players this season that have kind of like stand have stood out to you so far with statistics? Um, just the growth from last year to this year. Um, we touched on it earlier, and we both agree he's so underappreciated. And, and mm-hmm. I'd say Sabanis. Yeah. Um, to me, he's the person who's caught my eye more than anyone throughout the first couple games of the year. He's just doing absolutely everything on both ends of the floor, grabbing boards, making plays for other people, scoring himself, shooting very well from the field as well. Man, he just looks unbelievable. People start need to watch starting watching him play basketball. He is a fantastic player to watch. Yeah, and I, he he plays it the way that I would love that I like watching play basketball. So I'm I'm happy he's playing for my team. Um, and I'll say some of surprising players for me. Uh, obviously, they've done in the past, but Schroeder and Harrell, what they've done coming to Lakers, I mean, it, it's definitely it's definitely something that you have to take account into just because it's a whole new team, whole new you know players and whatnot, and they've come over, especially Harrell, in my opinion. But, I mean, he is playing basically in the same arena he was a year ago. Um, but I think what he's done so far for this Lakers team is going to make them very dangerous because they have not had a player – They've scored like they're averaging like 120 points, and they have not had a player that scored over 30 points yet, and that's that is very scary. Yeah, that that team is scary. That team just won the championship, and they added two very good players who are six man of the year and the runner up to it last year, yeah. who have already fit in fantastically. That's just very scary to see for the rest of the NBA. And, and we talked about it last week with Robin and and, and Jacob Salazar. Uh, they're they're not in any rush to to rush their guys back. They're, nope. they're in cruise control mode to start the year, you know, and then once maybe a certain amount of losses hit, they might hit the panic button and say, all right, we need to start playing. But they're not in any rush to get these guys back. Um, and to, I think they're, what, two and two right now? And yeah. they haven't – and AD hasn't played in a game. Um, LeBron's probably been – he hasn't played a full game yet. So, uh, yeah, if I'm if I'm the Lakers and I'm a Lakers fan or if I had to play – like, I'm, I'm scared of that team. <laughs> They'll be in cruise control until the playoffs. They know they're going to be in the playoffs. They'll, yeah. and they'll hit the turn up button right when playoffs start, like they usually do. Yeah, like exactly. Do so. Yeah, he'll he'll become playoff LeBron for sure. But I, I he, he's, yeah, I, I I like that team. I, I think they're they're gonna they're gonna rival the Nets in depth and role players. Their their parole players are a little bit older, but that might help out when it comes to you know veteran leadership and stuff like right. that. Uh, and Kuzma seems to be playing a lot better this year. Hey, the, Mar- the addition of Marcus Gasol is really helping Kuzma out. And now yeah. people, you know, kind of gave the Lakers a hard time for throwing out money at him. Now it's kind of looking like a steal for, you know, what, $13 million a year and the player option on the last one. Now it's starting to, you know, piece together even for the future, which is good for the Lakers as well. Exactly. Uh, last question we're going to talk about here with the NBA. Uh, I want to talk to you, obviously, about the Mavericks. They're one and two. Luca has looked good, um, but not in MVP form just yet. Your thoughts on the Mavericks season so far? Um, there are two losses to, you know, probably two top five seasons in the West. Mm-hmm. Can't uh, get too too dis- discouraged about that, you know. Um, they bounce back after dropping two. I personally thought they were going to lose another one to Clippers, end up mm-hmm. waxing them by 50 and just destroyed yeah. them the whole night without Kawhi Leonard. But, um, yeah, I'd say Luke has looked – he's looked good, obviously, just mm-hmm. normal, but not up to the MVP caliber standards. And part of that's due, you know, lack of preseason, just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, teams are focused on him a lot right now without Kristaps being there. So once Kristaps yeah. comes back into the rotation, 
you'll see the floor start to open up for him and probably get back to the MVP form that we expect from him this year. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And uh, I mean, I think it's also a respect thing because as you watch these games, like um, they're not doubling him or doing anything crazy just yet, but he, they are sending help, you know, hey, be, be in the gap a little bit more towards the way. And in my opinion, that's a kind of a nod from the coaches of like, hey, like we think of this guy as like, you know, a, a top player in the league, a and, guy that can go off. So, yeah. And he's just missed a few like little float shots here, a few layups. So it's just a timing thing. And that comes with good players like Luca. Well, and, and to start your season off um, against the Suns in Phoenix and then against the Lakers in L.A. And then did they, they played in Stayed in L.A. Yeah. So to play your first three games away and then, you know, <laughs> we always talk about uh, Paul George and how he's a basically he's a pussy. He came out yeah. and said, oh, it was so tough, you know, to, to play on Christmas and be away from the family. And then that's why the, the Mavericks have not been home since the start yeah. of the year. Um, you know, it, at the end of the day, like I, I'll say this, the Mavs won with the hardwood classics. Those are beautiful. Uh, and, yes. Those look sexy. Those they, are delicious. They, they, the, the Lakers and Mavs won the uniform battle of the year, uh, when they came and the Lakers came out in there. Now the Lakers did, did do their, their, their all blues last night. Uh, but I, I did like the white with the green that did look really cool. Um, like get playing against each other. So they won the matchup of the year when it comes to uniforms, in my opinion. I don't think it'll come close. But that's it. That's all for NBA. Uh, now, I do want to ask you this final question, actually. And I, I asked you earlier, pretty sure I, I told you I'd want your answer. Um, which one's better, Christmas Day basketball or Thanksgiving Day football, in your opinion? Growing up, I've always loved Thanksgiving Day football. Um, especially growing up in Dallas, the Cowboys, you know, they're good, bad. I mean, it doesn't really matter the year, but like being a Texan, being from Dallas, you always love Thanksgiving football and you always see the, the classic jerseys the Cowboys always throw on. And I love that. And I think the past couple of years, the more I started to play basketball more, I transitioned to liking Christmas Day more just because the Lions and Cowboys who always play have kind of started to go downhill a little bit and aren't looking so good. But I am sad about the Christmas Day traditional uniforms going away, which, you know, takes away a little bit. But I'd say Christmas Day by a slight edge over Thanksgiving Day football. Yeah, I, I'll say now I played both football and basketball, so I, I obviously enjoy both and I do a podcast for both. But for me, I have to give it to Thanksgiving Day football. And the sole purpose is obviously Christmas Day, you're with family, you're with, you know, sometimes you're with friends. You're celebrating. You're not always watching TV or you, if you are watching TV, you might be watching a movie or something. So sometimes it's tough to put on those Christmas day games, whereas Thanksgiving, everyone knows Thanksgiving and football go hand in hand. Um, mm -hmm. And even if you don't like watching um, NBA or NFL games, there's college football games on as well. Sure. Um, but I do think like you've mentioned the lions and the Cowboys kind of sucking the last couple of years and not yeah. being very good in competitive games. It's kind of made Thanksgiving football be like, all right, yeah, I definitely agree. There's that nostalgia of knowing on Thanksgiving that there's football. Like, mm -hmm. not necessarily everyone thinks, oh, yeah, Christmas Day and basketball. Like, you know, like, it's Thanksgiving Day football when yeah. Thanksgiving is here. So yeah. I agree with you on that. I, I definitely think there, there's definitely – 
there's definitely no wrong way watching both on the day is very special uh and I think I think NBA would get the nod if they had the jerseys without the jerseys it makes it a little less special just in my opinion um but just a quick look at uh some games later today some notable games just tonight we won't look up for the week we got the uh, Celtics and Pacers playing again uh you got the Bucks and Heat on TNT uh, and then the Pelicans and Sun. This is on this is on Tuesday when we're recording. Let me look real fast on Thursday on New Year's Eve if they're even playing any games. Some notable games. Um, I'm looking. Nothing. Nothing. I'm just kidding. There, there's the Suns, Jazz, Pelicans, Thunder. That's about it. So they're not a, not a lot of good games. The only game on TV is on NBA TV, and it's the 76ers Magic. So um, no good games on New Year's Eve, unfortunately. But that'll do it for our NBA talk. We're going to take a quick ad timeout here from our sponsor, Anchor.fm. When we come back, we talk about some college basketball stuff. And welcome back. Uh, we're going to talk about some college basketball stuff. We're not going to talk about any games today. Uh, don't really think there's any big games of note that have been played since we've kind of uh, were on last week. So we're going to we're going to not talk about the games. We're going to kind of break break down some some big questions. Uh, me and Jacob, we're going to talk about. This first one we're going to talk about, Jacob. Obviously, in college basketball, you see a lot of upsets, uh, whether that's during March Madness, even during the season, you know, in preseason tournaments, conference tournaments. There, there are many upsets that happen in college basketball. Now, you flip it, college football, even NFL, NBA, you don't see as many upsets. Um, do, you, do you know why that is or what's your thoughts on, on why that is? Um, there's probably a couple of reasons, and I – I hate going back to this, um, just probably lack of preparation due to COVID. I mean, that's going to be the underlying theme for probably who knows how long with this going on. But, you know, just lack of preparation, practice time, uh, court time going into the season. So teams aren't as uh, well connected with each other, don't have that on-court and off-court chemistry with each other. So that's probably uh, some of the faults that some of these bigger name teams have had early in the season. But um, I also think part of it, too, um, is the growing um, development of, like, high school players going to college at the D1 level in basketball, for sure. Um, I think the talent level is spreading out because you don't see, like, Kentucky, I think you mentioned a couple episodes ago, like, Cal Party's not getting all the top guys anymore. You see them going to different places, whether it's Oklahoma State, like Kate Cunningham, so you kind of see the dispersion of talent. So the top teams aren't like, like as top as they used to be, if that makes sense. So yes, it still might be a Duke or Kentucky, but they're not as loaded as they have been in years past. So it still may seem like an upset to the eye, but these other teams are still uh, very talent heavy, even if you've never heard of the kids before or even the school. So that's those are probably a couple of the reasons and, you know, maybe it's due to in-staff coaching or whatever the case may be, but those are probably the two overlying reasons why I think so many upsets have happened recently. And, and I think a big thing too is, you know, we talk about the, the one and dones we've talked about on this podcast before uh, of, of guys coming in and, and being one and done and then moving on to, to go play in the NBA or even overseas, whatever. Um, but you, you talk about these, these lower level colleges, lower, lower, lower level, blah, blah, blah. Low, lower level colleges that keep guys for four years. Yeah, they're able, <laughs> I'm, I'm dyslexic. I have, an, I have an excuse. But those guys that keep guys there for four years, develop them for three years, they're in their program. They build a, you know, a culture there and all these things. 
that's why like in March Madness, I believe you see a lot of upsets because you see, you see a team like Kentucky who has all this talent in the world, but they've been playing together for four months, five months, six months, you know, and they go play a team that's been together for four years. That's senior led. I think that has something to do with it as well. Now. And, and I definitely think, you know, March Madness has become this time. I mean, it has madness in the name of it. Like it's supposed to create madness. And so I think the pressure of being, oh, we're, we're the overall number one seed and we have to play against a 16th. Now that's never happened before until Virginia, you know, lost a couple of years ago, but you know, when you're number one seed, like you're, the expectation is you're supposed to crush that first team. And, you know, we've seen some scares in the past and obviously at the two and the 15, there's been a lot more upsets there. Um, it, 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 I, I think, I think we, when we were just talking about the dis, this distribution of uh, talent across basketball, cause there's only X amount of players per roster, I think affects uh, it more than what, than what we see, you know, in the NFL, obviously, teams move up and down but you see like the Patriots were good for 20 plus years this is the first time and since like 2003 that they haven't won 10 games or something crazy like that um the NBA you know the Lakers are always good the Yankees are good in baseball like you have teams who are always consistently good and every once in a while they'll get an outlier here or there but for the most part it's like those big organizations whereas in college basketball for whatever reason teams just get upset left and right and at the same time, they're college kids, they're students, they play, they might play a game on a Tuesday night and then go play a game on a Thursday or, and then go play a game on a Sunday and then have like two weeks off or there's a lot of things happening in college basketball that us as average people. Yeah. That's what makes college basketball great though, is like you, that's kind of what people live for. You see big rivalry, you know, Duke's down one year and they're ranked like 25 or for instance, like North Carolina State, they always mm-hmm. play those teams tough. But like, even as a fan of neither team, I'm rooting for the underdog. So you, mm-hmm. that's kind of what college basketball is about. So I think it's always good that college basketball has these upsets because it'll keep fans interested and keep uh, television ratings probably pretty good. Well, when we went, we you and I had the opportunity a couple of years ago to go to the uh, uh, Sweet 16 and Elite Eight when Florida Gulf yep. Coast was was. Yep you know, upset Georgia town. And then I don't know who they beat in the second round, but they beat them. I mean, the fans, it was electric and we weren't even fans of them. Like we, we had no idea who they were. We just learned about them the week, you know, prior. And (laughs) I had never heard of that college a day of my life. And, you know, we were, we were probably rooting for them to be, I think they were, I don't remember who they were playing because I believe it was, they were, yeah, they were playing Florida. They were playing Florida because I remember it was about old Florida and they lost, but still the next day, even or like two days later, we went back for the Elite Eight game. They were still there being that crazy fans. So um, I, I definitely think like it, it brings a whole new, you know, idea to college basketball of, you know, there, there's teams out there that are that aren't looked at, but are have crazy fans. They're good basketball teams. It's, it's in my opinion, it's not hard to be good at basketball. You just got to run good offense. You got to be coachable. And so I think, I think it's easy for these teams to upset these big, these big schools, especially when they have a ton of pressure to, you know, to, you know, be, go to a certain round in the, in the March Madness and whatnot. So, I mean, I enjoy watching the upsets. I know everyone loves March Madness. So, you know, we can't wait for March on this podcast. That's all I got to say. We missed it last year. So we need it back. That's what I'm saying. We need it back. Um, Next question I want to hop to, uh, again, kind of asking a, a general question here, but we see guys like Luca Garza. I, I think we've called them Luke on this po- on this podcast. His name is Luca, I guess. 
but he he came back for a senior year. He had just won college basketball player of the year, Big Ten player of the year. In most people's eyes, he should have gone to the draft. He decides to come back for a senior year. Uh, there's other guys like Marcus Garrett for Kansas. You know, a couple other names you hear here and there. I think one of the Jones brothers, the younger one, Trey Jones. Yeah. I think he came back for his sophomore year at Duke uh, when he probably should have left his freshman year, I believe. Or maybe right. it was the other one. I don't remember. One of them. Um, do, you, do you think this hurts their draft stock by them staying in college a couple, an extra year, maybe two? Um, it, it's kind of hard to tell. It's probably a case-by-case case type of thing. Mm-hmm. In general, with these big-name guys like Luka Garza, I would say no for the most part because they know where they're probably going to be drafted at in the mm-hmm. NBA. Like, And so does the NBA. The NBA knows probably what their potential is going to be in the league. So I don't believe it hurts them that much. You know, it might be a pick or two falling but who knows you might have a good year as well and you know jump up a couple spots so overall i i really don't think it hurts you that much the one case where i have seen a guy jump crazy board numbers by being there from his third to fourth year was buddy healed a couple years ago he just went absolutely berserk his last year but for a case for a guy who you know is just raw potential you know developing like a young guy kentucky or North Carolina or one of the like, you know, big blood, blue mm-hmm. blood schools, I would say it would probably hurt them to stay yeah. because, you know, the NBA loves potential. Mm-hmm. And if they see that potential fall, you will probably fall in the draft if you don't perform. Yeah. So if you believe in yourself and your young potential, especially after your first year, I believe it hurt to stay another year in college. Yeah. And, you you know, you talk about a guy like Buddy Hield who paid off. You also, you also got to look at the other side, Grayson Allen, who I believe was a top 10 pick at one point, like after his sophomore yeah, year, maybe his junior 10. year. Mm-hmm. He, he was considered a top 10 pick. Now, he still won the lottery, I believe, or maybe like in the early 20s. Um, but he kind of fell a little bit because he did stay for, for I believe, at least till his senior year. So, okay. you know, you do get the flip side of it. And, Maybe that was some of his reputation as well, but who knows? Well, I mean, it's obviously followed him to the NBA because I don't know if you saw the other night where he – and now I'm not saying he tried to trip Trey or anything like that, but just because of the player he was in college. Now it's asked a question at least. Like now it's a big deal. Exactly. Whereas if that was like, you know, I don't even know who – if that was James Harden for whatever reason, no yeah. one would bat an eye. They'd be like, oh, he's just trying to play defense or – Right. You know, so um, – but, yeah, I mean – it's tough. Like you said, I think it's a case by case thing. And I think no, no offense to Luca Garza, cause he is a great basketball player. Uh, I mean, he's, he's electric and it's crazy to think that he's electric, but he just scores the ball so well, um, especially for a school like Iowa, but I don't think he was ever considered a top 10 pick. Right. So and for I- him, I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to stay in college where he's very successful. I'm not saying he's going to not be successful in the NBA, but he's probably not going to be the same player. Uh, he's going to stay in college. He's going to try to have the best year he can at Iowa his last year and then go to the NBA and probably end up on a playoff team and probably uh, play anywhere from, you know, 10, 20 minutes a game and hit a couple threes and then maybe become the next Duncan Robinson. Who knows? Um, but, hey, I mean, I think I think everyone has a role in the NBA, and I think it takes a special kid and a special talent to be able to be a star player in college, run your team, Make it make Iowa. You know, Iowa's always been kind of good at basketball, but they're better because of him. 
make a team like them go from go from being a star of your college school to then going to the NBA and being a role player. I think that takes a special guy because we've seen people not succeed, a.k.a. Dwayne Haskins of the Redskins football team. (laughs) 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 Um, We've seen that happen, guys like that. Now I'm sure there's a ton, even more in in basketball just because of this. No no offense, we've we've played basketball for many years, played against a lot of guys. There are a lot of egos in basketball. and so it takes a special kind of person to kind of drop your ego. Uh, and I think that, I think that'll be kind of Luke Garza's career in the NBA. I don't think he'll ever be a star, but who knows? I could be wrong. I might be wrong, honestly. Um, <laughs> but who knows? let me, let me ask you this, Jacob. I have this wasn't on the script, but I kind of want to ask you this. Who, who is your front runner right now? I know you haven't watched a ton of college basketball, but who's the front runner in your opinion? Um, just as like for, to win the national championship, I guess I should say. <laughs> I, I have to say Gonzaga, like yeah. they looked good. They beat Kansas pretty dominantly early in the year. I know um, a freshman, uh, I forgot the name. off. Jalen Suggs. Suggs. He's been playing unbelievable. They've got some older guys who have been there as well, who are good players. Um, they're well coached. Mark Pugh's a good coach. I think this is the year that they like finally pull down a natty. I hope so for them. You'd like to see a small school win something like that. Um, kind of hard to, you know, root for anyone else besides them. So I think Gonzaga and right behind him would probably be Baylor and Kansas. Yeah. I'll say this. I don't think Gonzaga is a small school anymore. <laughs> now sure. they are number wise, but you know, co- yeah. Now I remember Gonzaga, the first time I ever been introduced to them was Adam Morrison. That dude, first of all, is ugly as crap, but um, that was the first time I ever knew Gonzaga. And I was like, what is this school? Why would anyone want to go here? Um, and then ever since then, they've just kind of been a thorn in everyone's side. They've always been in like the top 15. You know, they're obviously going to run their conference because their conference is boo-boo, but they play in all these big, big non-conference games every year. Uh, they're they're a good basketball team. And there's a guy from Dallas. I don't know. You probably know who he is, Drew Timmy. He's out yeah, there. The He's, players, yeah. He is hooping. And it's, it's crazy to see right. him do that. And they've been known to produce big men that go, obviously we mentioned earlier, to bonus a bonus. Uh, he was from Gonzaga. They've got some guys that go to the league. Zach so, Collins. yeah, Zach Collins, Sam Clark, Rui Achimera. Like they, they produce good NBA guys. Like yeah, maybe, it, maybe next blue blood. Who knows? Well, they're they're a little bit darker, I guess, than the other blue bloods. But yes, uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, it, it's so tough in college basketball to tell who's good in in week six of the season. Mm-hmm. You know it it so many things can change. And I mean, that's, that's for any sport, but college basketball, especially, um, you know, and at the end of the day, it all comes down to who's hot at the end of the year, but let's, let's move on. So Jacob played division three basketball. We both went to Hendricks college. He played division three basketball. There was a star from the day he walked on the campus. Not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. He he was a four. Let's say like if you, he played all four years and it's not like he just played sparingly his freshman year. I mean, he was a key contributor. I believe you started pretty, pretty early on. Did you start right from the start or? Uh, I think after the first game, maybe I start first game in college. I played 40 minutes. So yeah. So he was a star. Now we're just going to kind of reminisce, go down memory lane a little bit about his experience. Obviously it's a lot different than division one experience. Um, you know, we were talking about, they played games on different nights of the week. Jacob, what, what nights of the week did you always play your games on? Fridays and Sunday afternoons, Friday evening, Sunday afternoons. Pre-conference we play on a Tuesday or Thursday occasionally, but 
most of the time it was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And Saturdays, you know, when we're on the road and stuff before a conference, but we'd always have that day off, you know, traveling or let yeah. teams travel to us during conference play. Now, going from your school, Liberty Christian, obviously I saw you play. You played some some pretty big names. Uh, you know, Prestonwood had guys like Julius Randall, Mickey Mitchell. Uh, I don't remember their twins, the tall twins they had. Uh, they didn't have tall twins. TCA had like two guard twins, the Patterson twins. Oh, the Pat- they had, I thought Prestonwood had these two giant guys on their team. They did. They weren't tw- uh, – I don't know if they were actually brothers – there is Schneider and DeJerry Baptiste. Gotcha. One went, to, one went to Mississippi State, transferred to Maryland. But yeah, played a lot of big name guys in high school for sure. Even played some big like 6A, 5A schools a handful yeah. of times. So so going from playing all these guys at Argyle, uh, Liberty Christian, to then transferring to playing at Hendrix, what was kind of the biggest, I guess, move for you and when it comes to the game of basketball? Like obviously basketball is basketball, but what was kind of that transition like for you? that there's no scrubs at any level of basketball. Mm-hmm. Even when you play those guys in high school at Prestonwood, there'd always be that, you know, fourth or fifth guy you could pick on on the offense or defensive end. But everyone can hoop. Mm-hmm. No matter if you're the first guy or like the 10th or 11th, 12th guy, everyone can play. They're there for a reason. And I don't think most people realize that. You know, people always say, oh, you play D3. I'm like, yeah come play like pickup with us like you'll see how like real like basketball it is like mm-hmm. you know it's kind of once I played there and like got to know like it's kind of hard to talk bad about playing any college sport and I'm sure it goes that way for you know football baseball whatever sport it is like you can play even if it's d3 well and the, the crazy thing is you always see those numbers especially when you're getting recruited of guys who go f- play f- high school there's like you know I don't even know how many numbers off the top of my head. And then you play college sports and it drops like so dramatically. You're like, well, that's crazy. Like, you know, I see all these kids playing college sports. And then you realize that like, even the walk-ons can play at these places. Right. Like it's, exactly. it, it's, it's crazy um, to think of that. But, and I remember there's a guy at center, I believe he was the same year as you, correct? The, the, go- the guy with the goggles. I have no yeah. idea what his name was. Well, um, Harry Ayers. Yeah. He, he, he was a hooper. I remember watching him. I think I came of the three years I came and watched you play whenever I left all four years there too. He is very good. Yeah. I mean, he, he was a hooper and like, it's just, it's surprising to see. I mean, I guess it's not surprising to see because you know, all across the country, you've got these big schools with big name guys Mm -hmm. and then they all go their separate ways. And, and then you have guys who are, aren't big, who aren't fast, who aren't strong, you know, for D1 level, they kind of go, they trickle down to D2, D3. And something that we always talk about with D3 football is that usually D3 athletes love that sport and they, they play really hard. Scholarship, like, you know, you're still paying a little bit of money to go play the sport you love. Exactly. And so for, for yourself, you know, obviously we're all on academic scholarships, but like at the end of the day, like you guys are, you guys are, I feel like, more of a family than the Kentuckys and everything like that because you guys stay together for four years, oh, at least absolutely. for the most part. Especially over, like, winter break. I remember, you know, we'd be done with finals around the 8th, come back to school mm-hmm. January 20th. You know, it's the guys and girls team there. Like, we're the only people to hang out with. We practice. We have two days just like every big-name school does. Practice in the morning, practice in the evening. But you're with the same people, so you automatically build a bond and friendship with those guys that will last a lifetime. And that's kind of one of those things that's very hard to eat, hard to beat. Cause you go out to team, team meals with them for lunch and dinner. 
you know, go back to the, you know, dorm room apartment, go play video games, wake up, kind of do the same thing. So you're not forced to love each other, but at the end of the day, like you're going to become really good friends with a handful of those guys. Exactly. I know, I know Preston's one of your, one of your really good friends and he, obviously you guys played together for three years. Um, now, what was the toughest thing about playing basketball at the division three level? Uh, you know, more of a personal thing was, um, no, we're not going down that road yet. We'll maybe talk about that on another episode. We'll talk about the Holstenboro thing later. But, um, no, probably knee injuries was probably an ankle injuries, just, you know, being hurt a lot. You know, I wish I got to be out there for more games, you know, try to pick up a few more wins here and there. Um, I think I was always a very good mentally strong basketball player. So I don't think adapting to the pace of the game or thinking the game through was as much of a challenge to me. It was just more staying healthy, but it was a great four years and ended up being fantastic for me and got to play a lot, play big minutes, play conference championship game, a lot of good and fun memories. Now, let me ask you this, because I, I experienced it only for one year uh, and you guys had a, you guys had a little bit worse basketball. Cause like you said, you guys played on Friday and Saturday or Friday and Sunday. What was the travel like for you guys? Our trap, man, they're a long weekend, especially when we're on the road. So we play our Friday night games at eight o'clock and we leave Thursday morning. So we miss Thursday and Friday class, leave Thursday morning, um, get to the hotel late Thursday night, eat, wake up, you know, have a walk, early morning shoot around, walk through, go through film, lunch, you know, pregame meal at four o'clock, go play in your game, you know, go back to the hotel after the game, hopefully catch a dub and then sleep it off, wake up in the morning, travel to the next place, you know, usually a couple, three to five or six hours away, depending on the next uh, opponent, and then get to uh, change real quick, and then you're going to do a full team practice. Yeah. Get back, eat dinner, go to bed, wake up, shoot around, team brunch, and then you play two or three o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday, and then you hit the road right after that, get back, you know, Monday morning, one or two o'clock, and you're up for 8 a.m. class or coach be pissed at you. So those travel weekends were brutal, very brutal, but, you know, well-deserving, and it goes a lot further in life than you'll imagine to make you mentally strong. Okay. And I would say the toughest part was, because for football, we kind of did to do the same thing, but right after you get out, and he's not joking, you take a shower right after that game, and you guys are on the bus traveling yeah. home, and, uh, you know, after a win – that bus ride's nice and fun. Yeah. Uh, After a loss for a nine-hour bus ride, you know, it's super quiet back there. One person starts laughing, you know, shit's about to happen on Monday during practice. <laughs> exactly. So, and I'm sure getting home late on Monday, because for us, you know, as football guys, we'd get late home on, you know, Saturday morning, I guess, around one, or one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock. We would get to sleep in a little bit, and we'd have film the next day. No classes, no nothing. You guys got to go right to class. Catch up on what you catch up on what you guys missed on Thursday and Friday. That's tough. Worst is um, come back to a Monday morning test before 10 a.m. after a long weekend. Even if even if you lost one game, still brutal. You're pissed about the game. You're missing class. You're missing exams. Just a lot to catch up with and keep up with. Exactly. So, a um, lot of good stories. We'll definitely break down Jacob's career more as we kind of. Uh, are on this podcast just because it's interesting it's a different viewpoint he's not taking private jets to games uh to then fly right back you know we're, maybe that homeschool year in eighth grade <laughs> downgraded a couple years that that is true we'll, we'll definitely hear more of jacob's story throughout 
Um, but that'll do it here for us on the five out podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We hope you guys have a happy new year. If you guys want to listen to more of our episodes, they drop every Thursday, go to Apple, Spotify, anywhere else you guys find your podcast, look us up at five out. That's five with the number five, then I V E out. Then check us out on our Twitter as well. We do some daily stuff. We started our fantasy basketball league. We had our first recap this week. Me and Jacob both took L's. That's all right. It's a long season. There's there's 16 weeks, Jacob. So we got a lot left. We're good. We, we got a lot left. It's just the beginning of the year. Um, but you guys can go check that out on uh, Twitter. Look us up at five underscore out. Same way I said earlier how to spell it, but that'll do it for here for us. Hope you guys have a happy new year. We'll see you guys next year.